Hey everyone, Vicky McLeod here. This time I'm chatting with head coach of the programme, John Singleton, about 22.2, his forays into commentating in Spanish and what could 22.3 be. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Happy International Women's Day, John. How are you today? Um, I'm very well and happy International Women's Day to yourself and all the women that may be listening. Plenty of them out there, all strong as fuck, frankly. The, girl, the girls are smashing it this week again. I'm really impressed with the, the performances from the elite women in particular. They have done a great job on 22.2. What did you think about the design of the workout? Um, so in of itself, I think it was a really fun workout, you know, just really simple. I love the rep scheme, like traditional rep scheme, one to 10 or 10 to one, but then you kind of combine them. So there's a little bit of a twist there. The, you know, two classic movements, deadlifts, bar facing burpees. So in of itself, really fun, open workout. I believe that the kind of criticism is combining 22.1 and 22.2 they had very similar elements in the sense of kind of high rep pulling from the floor um jumping and then also some form of gymnastic pressing so you you could argue that they uh they were quite similar and you know you you see some names on the leaderboard who smashed both of these workouts Mm. um which kind of again gives you an indication that it could the programming they, they could be two workouts where one style of athlete would perform well in what did you tell your athletes about the pacing what was your what was their strategy going in um so we didn't want them to go out too hot was in essence the the focus they wanted to be comfortable on the way up and then really by the time when they start getting to that the top kind of ninth tenth ninth rounds is when they should start to really look to push the pace and, and go for it. And how did that pan out for everyone? I think, well, you know, I think if we were, it's, it's always, you know, retrospect is always an interesting thing. Had we have gone quicker from the beginning, would we have got quicker times possibly? So that's maybe one, one area we could have looked at is, you know, really going for it from the get-go, just seeing how long you can hold that pace for. I think everyone, you know, seeing Laura's performance um, in the open affected that little, like, you know, just foot on the gas and go. And so we didn't want to take that full red line approach. Uh, And that maybe made us back off um, a bit more, especially, you know, seeing some of the top times come in. I think one thing with this workout is that it really suits a specific um, athlete. And therefore, you know, sometimes tier is obviously the all-round... craziness in this but uh there, there are certain athletes that this this workout is is good for what certain type of body or certain type of mentality a certain type of body actually you know it, it typically in crossfit someone tends to be a good puller um like good deadlifting pulling from the floor or a good squatter and therefore that really tends to vary which workout they would like meaning a obviously a good puller, first pulling from the floor, so dumbbell snatches, power cleans, etc. 
Whereas a good squatter prefers it back squats, thrusters, those kind of movements. So you can kind of categorize body types in that in that way. So Mel O'Brien's not doing too badly at the moment. Neither is Tia Claire Toomey. I'm looking at the overall leaderboard and uh, Mel O'Brien's up there in first place with Tia behind yeah, him. Yeah, you know, three points after two weeks of the Open is, uh, is you know, seeing, well, honestly, seeing any single digit in the Open after week one is, is in terms of points next to your name is... Uh, is super impressive. Like, mm. you know, hats off to, well, Tia as well, hats off to Mal. They, they really did destroy both weeks. And we've got four European girls back to back in the, from the third up to sixth place. We've got Lea Storin from Norway, Laurie Clump Clement, I suppose, from France, um, Andrea Solberg, again from Norway, and then Emma McQuaid from Ireland. And they're sitting very comfortably in those places and then we're back to um america and canada <laughs> but european girls are having a good showing yeah interesting yeah, obviously two norwegians in there i mean i think a very interesting thing is like you know mal o'brien leads 18 you know talking about the youth the layer girl 18 again who was there last week but an interesting thing i think the laurie clement is actually a she's 35 exactly mm. yeah so you know it kind of it adds this interesting age range going from 18 to 35 in the top five. Yeah, I mean, Emma McQuaid's over 30. She's 32 as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's blowing our uh, theories apart completely. <laughs> but then just sitting in 11th place is some, some woman called Gabriella Magawa. So she must be quite pleased with herself at the moment as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, this time we had one and done um, in the workouts. And and it was fairly comfortable for Gabby. So, you know, last week was obviously an amazing performance, finishing second in the world. But this week again, really solid performance. Um, we're kind of back to our strategy of not uh, not overthinking the open, which is nice. Is it keep is is everybody happy with that strategy? You haven't got people having second out second thoughts and uh, doubting themselves. Or are you managing that all? Yeah, I think you know everyone looks at the leaderboard at some point. But really, especially this at this moment in time where the quarterfinals are going to be in two weeks, you know, the Open really is a quick transition into quarters. And therefore, it's quite easy to, to focus on the, the quarters rather than worrying about the, the Open leaderboard. What are you doing to prepare for the quarterfinals? I mean, it, I know that you've got a lot of people who are um, using the program programming who are preparing for that. So how do you guys start to look at it? Um, so really our quarterfinals prep is synced in during the Open. So for athletes who are looking to do well at quarters, we have to use the Open as a training period. Otherwise, there wouldn't be enough time to peak after the Open before quarters. So actually, with the athletes we, we have on now who want to get to quarters, we're using this training phase as a peaking phase for the quarters. What, I mean, what typically would, um, would they be training to do? Um, so one thing is being able to handle the volume. I mean, it's a big difference, actually. You go from the open, which is one war- workout in four days, to going to quarters, which last year was six workouts in four days. Or three days so you know mm. you, you have you have a big volume change in terms of what you can handle and it is very you know for me for example i can easily push one workout a day 
that actually yeah. you ask them to do two workouts in a day and I quickly fall off. Whereas a high-level athlete is able to give, you know, in essence, close to 100% through each of those six attempts. And so, therefore, you have to make sure that they can handle the volume as, a, as one of the first things. And I'm assuming with the, the quarterfinals that there'll be a similar kind of ruling where you have to upload the videos within a certain period of time, or will it be... That was semifinals, wasn't it, when they had to do with them in the same day? Uh, quarters, I believe... Sorry. Um, you know, thinking back through the online qualifiers mm. last year, uh, but I do believe I can't remember if there's a 24-hour deadline or not. So I think it may have just been for semis where there was the 24-hour deadline, because in quarters people would change the order of the workouts quite significantly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what they'll do this year. We'll probably see some changes because last year was the first year that they'd they'd done it. I did. Uh, I was photographing age, well, what was called the age group online qualifiers last year, and I'm not. I have no idea if it's still called that this year. But they, they you know, cherry picked and like, they decided. I think they did the heavy, was it heavy front squat, heavy back squat first, and they got that out of the way on day one, and then um, and then worked through like um, the most demanding workouts. They kind of decided which one. They split them up so that each day they did a harder, in their opinion, any a harder one and an easier one, so they had more time to recover. Yes. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that's where all this, like, I actually think a set order is better because it means that every athlete has gone through the same test in the same order rather than trying to, you know, work out which is better to do first, etc. But I think having a set order makes it, again, a bit more um, standardized. I agree. But it's like the, that, that would involve then having, um, sending in a certain amount of workouts each day, wouldn't it? Yeah, which I don't think is wrong. It's like Friday, you send in two workouts, Saturday, two workouts. How does it work with um, submitting scores for the Open as it stands for the elites? Because, I mean, for a regular person, you're not videoing your workout. But when do they, how many, how many um, videos do you think they are reviewing every week before they verify the scores? I, I don't know how, how far down the leaderboard they go. In order to check videos, I, I think they kind of look at qualifying positions and then a bit more. The open, I presume, you know, it's. It, I, I would think it's anyone who's winning money potential. They would verify that score basically. Mm. Well, I'd love to know more about the ins and outs of judging, but maybe we can get somebody on who can explain all of that to me. Let's talk about twenty-two point three because we have a couple of pieces of equipment left on the equipment list. We have a skipping rope and a rig, a pull-up bar. And I was looking to see what potentially the workout could be, because obviously in the previous years we've had a repeat. And um, there are a couple of options. We got the CrossFit uh, Open 16.2, which then was repeated again at 19.2, which is... Um, 25 toes to bar, 50 double unders and 15 squat cleans at 85 pounds for the women, 135 pounds for the guys. And then if you complete that within four minutes, you add four minutes to the clock and go on. And each time the bar gets, you reduce the amount of squat cleans, but the weight goes up. Do you remember that workout? Yes. How did it go for you? Um, I believe I was with Mundy um, during that time in 16.2 actually. Oh yeah, and we got to uh, we got to the last bar, 
Mm. So I think that was like a big thing getting to the last bar. And I, I believe we hit one or two reps um, at the last bar. So that was kind of a fun moment. If I, if I remember correctly, it was like a, a fun one. Uh, the repeat, I can't remember as much in, in 2019, but yeah, definitely 16.2. I remember that one quite distinctly. I remember it too. I remember like uh, the urgency of government as those four minutes ticked down each time. It was just like the stress of getting those, especially when it got to like the second to last ones, nine squat cleans at two, 275 for men and 175 for women. And it, it's just you're under so much stress and fatigue by then. Because the first lot is like easy peasy, isn't it? For, for It's like, yeah, loads of time. But as you the the weight and the opportunity the possibility of missing those lifts is it's uh crucial that you have your head together for that stuff the final lift is 315 pounds on 205 for the women and then you stop at 20 minutes thank goodness so well i think that would be an interesting one to repeat but maybe it's already been repeated twice so we have, won't have that you know it's interesting I, I think one thing that's interesting as well is asking the question will we see a repeat i think i believe there's been one year in the open where there actually hasn't been any repeat i can't remember which year that was but i would like i i think that you know in theory we would see some pulling gymnastics um and toaster bar arguably aren't in that that pulling pulling category i mean if they the things that could mix things up are, are having a heavier squat pattern or having some form of uh, pulling gymnastics. I think those are the two big things that will mix up the leaderboard. Like a muscle-up, for example. Exactly. So kind of bar muscle-ups, chest to bar, those kind of things. So could it be 18.3, which is two rounds for time, 100 double-unders, 20 overhead squats, 100 double-unders, and then... In 18.3, it was ring muscle-ups and then bar muscle-ups later, but maybe it's just bar muscle-ups because there's no rings for the... Uh, the adaptive divisions have rings. Exactly. But the, but the other divisions don't. I think that could be uh, be an interesting choice. I mean, they've got the dumbbell snatches back in there. But, I, you know, mm, let's say, I, I, think, I think we should expect to see double-unders. You know, I think that's like a fairly safe bet. Are we seeing double-unders this week? It'd be strange if they put them in but didn't include, didn't actually include them in a workout. Because ironically, it's the one bit of equipment that someone really needs to buy. You know, the rest is like a wall or whatever, but the double under. So I think we would see some form of double under um, somewhere. <laughs> it's my, a double under somewhere is my prediction mm. for 22.3. Maybe we see an A, part A, part B. You know, maybe we have some oh, kind of, yeah, having a, a heavier lift, like squat clean or something like that um, in there. So the part A, B could be there. And depending on how they score it, that always has an interesting way of uh, changing the leaderboard a little. So also like that, that the um, part A, part B bit, like we had one last year and the second part was um, max clean, wasn't it? And that was a great opportunity to feel, put, put, put a lot of pressure on yourself and actually PR something. That was a, it was quite cool. I quite enjoyed that. It's nice, you know, with, especially with the general members. People yeah. really get to you know, really home in and it gives uh, an exciting energy to your typical training environment so I, I think that's that's the nice thing about the open when they put these these kind of challenges in there and the, the everyday athletes including myself can 
can try to push it and just find the extra gear than you typically would in your normal training. What did you think of the workout? Did you do it? 22.2? Yeah, you were there taking photos of me. I'm asking politely because I want to know about how much you suffered. (laughs) Um, How far did you get? I'm more of a puller than a than a squatter, so it was good. I I was um, it was 166 reps. Oh my goodness! Well done. Uh, thank you. You must have been pleased with that. That's a lot. Yeah, I was happy. You know, I've been happy with both of my. Uh, I was. Just, I think the one thing that's hard for me is that because you know I've been at a relatively high level as an athlete. Mm. Anything I do now, I always achieve is below that um, below that level. So it's like uh, it's a very interesting one because you know I'm very unlikely to ever PR again, and so those the goal kind of changes. It's had to change over the years of going like, okay, can I get the best time ever? To like, actually, what can I achieve that's going to make me happy through this workout? So there's been a bit of a shift. I think this year I'm I'm definitely. The more relaxed I've been in terms of just being happy, doing the workout, scoring what I score, and the more we're just being happy that I did it rather than worrying about the results in any way, shape, or form. How old are you? I'm 35. So, um, so you know, now I'm now an official master. Yeah, it's my second year as a master. And by the way, congratulations on your stellar Spanish performance on uh, the Spanish um, announcements for CrossFit, CrossFit Open 22.1 and 22.2. You've been part of the. Have you been commentating on the on the announcements? So, what have you? What's your role been there? Um, yeah, I suppose it is commentating. There's just from a, I think from a coach's perspective, commentating from a coach's perspective is how it would uh, be described. But yes, it is always. Um, I'm always very nervous to commentate in Spanish. It's actually quite. Uh, a difficult job speaking over over something for two hours regarding the subject so it's difficult in english let alone in spanish mm. so it has been something that has actually motivated me more to speak spanish again just so i can you know i, I you know we live in spain i want to be a part of the spanish community so it's something that we really look to try and develop who's who else is on the team with you there doing the doing the announcements so we have Nat, who's the country manager for Spain. Um, we have Albert, who I believe was born in America. And he, he with um, his partner, who's on the show as well, they own uh, a gym in Madrid. And are you going to be doing 22.3? Yes. So I'll be doing all three open announcements. And, you know, I think CrossFit España, they, they're using CrossFit España to in essence, translate what's happening in the sport of CrossFit to the Spanish community. So I think they've got things planned for quarterfinals, semifinals, and all the way through leading to the games in order to give the, like a, the Spanish community a way of following. Have you got any idea how many people have been listening to you? I actually think they, they had, uh, from what I heard from um, Danny, who's the, kind of the, the lead on the project, there were 50,000 people tuned in to the uh, Spanish edition. That is brilliant. Yeah. So so my Spanish going out to uh, to 50,000 people. No pressure. I think as as long as you're speaking, you're trying to speak a different language. A lot of people who speak that as their first language just have respect for the fact you're trying. 
yeah it's true one of the things i tried to think you know i obviously have no problem with someone trying to speak english so Mm. So hopefully, hopefully people don't have that same trouble with me trying to speak Spanish. How would I watch it if I wanted to follow along in Spanish? Um, so when you go onto the game sites, you're actually, so they, they also translate into like French, German, and you're given an option when the show is live. So you've got the live announcements, but then you also have live announcements, uh, Spanish version, live announcement, German version, etc. I might have a, I might dip in on a Thursday evening and see how you're getting on. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, you know, come come watch me struggling in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was, I guess I'll see you on Friday for 22.3 when um your guys are doing the workout in the gym at C23. Of course. And until then, thanks very much for chatting with me. And have a nice rest of International Women's Day. Yeah, thank you. And uh, enjoy your day. Thanks for the chat, John. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. It really helps other people to find us. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod. <laughs>